Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is Fucking Killing Me. I'm Rainy. I'm Corinne. And thank you for listening. Woohoo. Y'all, it takes a village. Yeah. We want to do a quick shout out to everybody that helped us organize and lent us gear for the photo shoot we did last week. Well, if you haven't seen any of the photos yet, there's definitely going to be more on our Instagram. We were lent a lighting kit. We were lent backdrops. Um, people donated their time to help us pick up gear, help to drop off gear, help shoot it. Yeah. So when you see these polished photos on Instagram, just know that it's not fucking one person doing one thing. It really takes a lot of people and it really takes a lot of support and people being generous with their things and their time. Yeah. So let's all just lend each other our equipment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's also something that's great. Just lend your equipment to yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a bad advice. That's all right. I think you should do whatever you want with your equipment. Yeah. But lending it is nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you have friends that are working on a project, though, and you can offer help in any sort of way, whether that's like physical or mm-hmm. physical gear or like physical help or financial help or just support by showing up or liking their things, all of that's important. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing we want to talk about, because we mentioned something last week in our podcast intro. Oh, about choreographers renting spaces. Yeah. And doing their own thing that's more aligned with their goals and not a studio's goals and not... Also, we put out a questionnaire yesterday about last week's intro or about, yeah, last week's intro. And lots of people said they wanted to see an actual budget um, outline and where the money is going for studios. So yeah, I'm just going to leave that there studios while I sip <laughs> my tea ever so gently with wide <laughs> eyes at you. Mm. Show us your budget. <sighs> so a really good friend, <laughs> Kylie Thompson, um, is holding a fall intensive on Tuesday, November 5th from nine to four fifteen at the Canadian contemporary dance theater. She's bringing in other choreographers. You can sign up for partial, the full day, do your thing. She's fabulous. Yeah, and Kylie's doing a really good job at generating her own movement style right now. And you can tell there's really something brewing with her. So I would check it out. It's really good for um, up-and-coming dancers, a really good training opportunity for dancers that are working. Go check it out. Yeah. This week, we have the lovely Brittany. Brittany Brooks. Here we go. Hi, my name is Brittany Brooks. I am a musician and a visual artist based in Toronto, Ontario. <laughs> so do you do you know Angie from the like Toronto music scene? Also, is your genre very specific? Like what you um, do? So I, I play mostly country music yeah. now. And so that community is super small. And Angie is definitely one of those people that is like in that tight-knit group of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I've I've just met her from like going up to shows and mm-hmm. hearing her sing and she's like another female also doing it in the country music scene, so I feel like we have to band together and <laughs> represent ourselves. Yeah. Is the country music scene popular in Toronto? I didn't think so at first. Yeah. Like I've lived here for just over two years now and the first year I lived here, I was like, no one's playing this kind of music. I'm like some small town girl who wants to like sing <laughs> these old timey country songs. <laughs> but uh, then I 
uh, started going to the Cameron House yes. on yes. Queen Street. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, these are my people. And there were just like so many musicians there playing country music and playing like old style blues and jazz and then there's this whole like dance community that also comes out to those shows. Like swing dance? Swing dancers. Nice. Yeah, I had no idea. I'm like, what is this world? <laughs> it's like, yeah, people are just having the time of their lives. So I yeah, I found it through the Cameron House pretty much and then started to meet the bands in town that were playing that kind of music, musicians like Angie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I didn't realize Toronto has this like thriving underground country scene. Wow. You never know what's going on in this city. <laughs> right. I do find it weird that we and I'm sure it has so much to do with like what we're doing with the pod like with the podcast and like mm-hmm. meeting different artists, but it is interesting to me that we seem to know more country musicians in Toronto than we ever did in Calgary. Oh yeah. And oh, I don't really? know if you feel yes. that way. I do feel that way. Yeah. yeah. It's like, cause it's also has like a big, like folk scene and like right. blues scene. And there's like a little bit of everything and you can kind of like find different people that float yeah. between the different genres and like have done one and doing the other and depending what band they're playing with. Cause everybody plays with a thousand bands in Toronto. Yes. <laughs> yes. So true. That's very true. Um, you guys are from Calgary though. I didn't yeah. know that. We went to school in Calgary. Okay. Yeah. She's actually from Alberta. Yes. I'm from Manitoba. Okay. Yeah. So we met at the university of Calgary when we were going to school there. Nice. And then both came out to Toronto at different points in our lives. And then found each other yes. again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> it is strange, though, because you would think that, like, Calgary or out west has this, like, would have a huge... Totally. That's what I assume. And I'm sure they do. Like, I'm not, like, discrediting Calgary or Edmonton <laughs> for having... It's just very interesting that, like, I can't name a single one. No. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I totally have this dream idea of it out there that people are, like... Yeah, playing country and honky tonk music yeah. and like dressing up in their cowboy boots. <laughs> it definitely happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the the bands. So I'm playing with a a full band now. So it's like, I. What story? What does that mean, full band? So when I first started playing music, I was like, I guess I can like walk you a bit through my music yeah, do uh, it. journey. <laughs> um, but I started as a folk musician, and so this was almost 10 years ago that I was like playing this kind of music. I was still in high school. Um, and me and my high school friend, we were like, Hey, let's start a folk band. He played the upright bass and I played a little bit of guitar. And so I was like, uh, I kind of, I wrote some songs and I want to show you. And I showed him and then we were like, let's do it. Let's book a show. And after we played them for people, we got a really good response. And I was like, okay, I think we can do this. I think I can write more songs and like get used to performing. And so we did that for uh, a couple years of just the two of us, like full steam ahead. We're this folk band. We called ourselves Howler. (laughs) And yeah, we were like spooky folk music. (laughs) I thought it was so cool. (laughs) Um, But it was, it was lots of fun. It was just like, a super intimate type of music and an intimate type of songwriting, meaning like the songs that we were singing, I was writing as like an angsty teenager. Mm-hmm. And so they were definitely <laughs> like 
yeah, a bit dark, a bit like moody for sure. I'm not embarrassed about them now, but like sometimes <laughs> I look back and I'm like, whoa, I can't believe I said some of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. In, the, in public, two people. In public, yeah. And like, can you think of a line in specific? Oh my God. <laughs> um, a line in specific? Uh, if you can't, don't worry, you can keep keep going on. I'm just trying to like sort through all of the songs <laughs> in my head right now and try and remember one. It was like mostly singing about relationships in the end anyways, but like masked in these weird poetic <laughs> kind of lyrics. Uh, I don't know. I okay. honestly, I buried those things so deep yeah. in my head and like, I'm different now. I'm yeah. a different type of songwriter. <laughs> So and forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was an experience. It totally like broke the ice mm-hmm. of me being a a songwriter and being someone who actually like gets on stage and presents original work. Um so yeah, we did that for a while and then the bassist I was playing with, his name is Nick Arsenault, he moved away to Toronto and so I was kind of like Stranded. This was in Niagara. I grew up mm. in uh, Grimsby, Ontario. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's like a cute little town. And mm. it was definitely, yeah, it was weird growing up there because it's a place where you just know everybody. Like mm-hmm. you walk down the road and you see mm-hmm. 10 people you know. You go to the grocery store, you see everybody you know. Um, so, yeah, we kind of like disbanded for a while. And I was doing my own solo songwriting. I was working with two other girls from Niagara. We started like a girl band called Paper Bag Palace. (laughs) And we were like playing electric instruments and yeah, that didn't go anywhere, but we had a lot of fun just like jamming together. Um, And then, yeah, after all of that happened, that was like pretty much six years of my life doing that kind of just dabbling in different things. I moved to Toronto and, yeah, stumbled into this crazy country music scene. And I just was like, I don't know, it was like a eureka moment for me. I was like, wow, this is a type of music where you get to, like, have fun while you're performing. You get to use songwriting skills, work with other musicians. And, like, a lot of the times when I play with a band now... They just like totally improvise while we're on stage, mm-hmm. which scares the crap out of me <laughs> because I also, um, I just don't know any theory musically. I've never had any sort of training. Okay. This is all like me teaching myself in my bedroom from like YouTube videos <laughs> on how to play guitar and stuff. So the band, the full band, mm-hmm. going back to the original question, um, just means that like I have support playing with me now. I have members that come up on stage and work into the songs that I'm singing. Um, when before it was like a much more vulnerable type of performance, like just me solo or me mm-hmm. with the bassist. Mm-hmm. Now there's like a drummer and someone playing electric guitar mm-hmm. and the sound is just like so much fuller. And people dance to it, which is, like, the best joy that I get. Because before, people are, like, 
sitting in their chairs, listening to my teenage songs. You could like hear a pin drop on the floor, but now people are swing dancing to the music and like having a good time. So it just feels like, ah, this is the type of performance that I've been looking for and just didn't really have the courage to do when I was living in Niagara Mm -hmm. and couldn't meet the musicians there either. Like there's lots of musicians and artists out there, but after I started meeting people in Toronto, I was like, whoa, you guys are good. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just so, so inspiring. And so, mm-hmm. you know, like when you work with someone that's better than, like, more skilled than you, you, like, start to pick up those skills, right. too. Mm-hmm. And, like, up your game or, like, I know it's kind of such a sports term. Sorry. <laughs> up your game. <laughs> up your ante. <laughs> Play to the same level. <laughs> um, you start to, like, yeah, you start to play to their level yeah yeah for sure <laughs> for sure yeah. yeah I think someone said like you have to play with people that are better than you t- in order to get better yes so I've found like just in the last year of playing with this band I've learned so many new things and like learned how to be a band leader as opposed to just being like this is my project no one else is really allowed in but learning how to collaborate a lot more. Mm-hmm. And there's also like a language that goes along with it that I just had no idea about before that musicians are like using on stage in order to like let them know what's happening next in the song. Mm-hmm. There's this whole numbering system. I just, yeah, I was like, what? I didn't know <laughs> any of this. Like, I thought you guys were just all like so well rehearsed. And, yeah. but yeah, so that's been super exciting to see that other side mm-hmm. of performing for sure. And did you, sorry, Karina. Uh, I just wanted to ask a question about when you started to open up and work with a band more often, what was the hardest part about collaborating in this new way for you? Um, I think it probably was like the initial fear of mm-hmm. them knowing that I didn't know as much as them. Right. And like admitting to everybody yeah, like, I don't really know theory, I don't know... And most of the the people that are playing with me now are all jazz students, so they're, okay. like, total theory nuts. They just, yeah, like, yeah. love all of that, and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, but I, like, started faking it, faking it till you make it. Mm-hmm, right. I'm like, okay, I can learn this, pick up the ropes on a couple things. Um, so, like, I the first thing I did was try to learn, like, what key is each song in? Because I didn't even know that. I, like, knew kind of the chords I was playing, but, like, didn't even know what they were called properly. I was just like, oh, I know this is a chord that people play. I don't know what it is. I know this is something. This is something. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it was, like, that having to admit to them, like, okay, I don't actually Mm -hmm. really know what I'm doing, but... um, yeah, they were super cool with it, and um, the the way I found the people that I'm playing with now, this particular group of people, um, which I call the Saddle Pals, so it's Brittany <laughs> Brooks and the Saddle Pals, um, <laughs> they were already a band in Toronto uh, called the Country Casanovas. Ooh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Yeah, and they were playing at the Cameron House, and uh, I had known one of them from, like, 
just knowing him through the music community. His name is Mike T. Kerr. He's an amazing guitar player, songwriter. And so he was like, I'm playing with this band. And so I went to go check them out and I saw them play and I was like, that's my band. Like, I need them to play with me. (laughs) So it took like, it took a while of me like trying to convince this group of guys to be in my band. (laughs) And they're like, who is this girl? Like, she's just showing up to all of our shows. And I'm like, hey, I'm looking for a band. Would you like to play country music sometime? Um, So yeah, it took a lot of nagging for sure. (laughs) Uh, But eventually... Once I, like, secured a show, they were like, okay, yeah, we're interested. And so that first show was just, like, I was so scared, so nervous. And they have just played together a million times, so it didn't really mean... Like, they were like, what are you worried about, Britt? This is nothing. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it was, like, all of those new things that just gave me so much fear, but... I was like, this is what I want. I have to push myself to do this. And yeah, it's that, that first show with them was not that long ago. It was at the beginning of June. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, so it hasn't been that long. Wow. But now it feels like the ice is broken and we're on the other side of it now. There's still like tons of fear from my part because they're just so good. Right. But yeah, that's <laughs> that's kind of like... Just inevitable, I guess, when you're performing yeah. mm-hmm. a, with a new group of people. There's a lot of trust when you perform with people. Yeah. Right? And when it's new, you're just, like, throwing yourself into the wind, hopefully, and someone's there to catch you for a very yeah. visual metaphor. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Right? Yeah. I guess you guys feel that with dance all the time, working with new groups of people and partners, and especially physically, like, physically Mm -hmm. trusting them too Mm -hmm. yeah I think it's yeah taking away like the like what whatever the art is or whatever the discipline is it's like so much of an energy thing when you're working with like in coalition with another person and how you feed off each other's energy Mm -hmm. and how that person deals with a problem like maybe the problem's like uh, it needs to go up to like a different key. I don't know if that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and maybe like our problem as movers is like, okay, but like we need to get to the other side of the stage. How do we do this? Yeah. Right. And so like how that person deals with problems. And if you two are able to like work together to, yes, to like solve it. Mm-hmm. Totally. I think it's a vibe for sure. Mm-hmm. And watching someone problem solve or watching, watching someone deal with a task is really telling of how they work all the time. And if you can work with them in that problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like with this group of guys in particular, I'd like watch them perform so much too. Mm -hmm. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, But I just like learned by watching some of the ways that they communicate Mm -hmm. on stage. And so I was like, okay, I can do that. I can see like where times are coming in where they're like, you know, like, this is how, if we fall off track on a song, how they find each other again on mm-hmm. stage. And so I definitely, like, tried to pull out some of those things that I had seen. But, yeah, it's just such a different feeling to trust that band and know that they're behind me. And, like, if I mess up, 
they still have it. Like they mm-hmm. are there to support me. And when I look around, it's so great to be surrounded by people that are just like having a good time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like as much as I did love and I do love folk music and like very intimate styles of music. I just like couldn't go back to that right now. <laughs> it's too like it's too vulnerable. <laughs> Yeah, I imagine there's, like, a different energy with just, like, having, like, your back, you know, having, like... Yeah. And so much power and, like, in terms of, like, um, volume as well. That was totally, like, the biggest change because a lot of the times in the folk band, we would get booked to play these bars that were just, like, full of rowdy people. (laughs) And so you're, like, there with a guitar, like, acoustic instruments trying to... sing these songs and people are like there's like a sports game on tv <laughs> no, yeah like just so bad and it was so disheartening after like a few of the performances where we just knew that like nobody was listening to us yeah. i remember in particular we like played this one bar in st Catharines, um and i was like wearing flats like little flat shoes and it was such a dive bar. The stage was so sticky from like beer that people had spilled on there from just like being drunk that my flats like stuck to the <gasps> stage while we were up there. And I was like, oh my God, like, why are we in this place? <laughs> why are we doing this? Um, and there, there were like sometimes where I was a little forceful on stage where I'd like, well, not forceful, but I'd like beg the audience to like be quiet pretty much. I'd be like, please, like, here's a quiet song. Maybe you can be quiet too. <laughs> yeah, it, it never worked though. So, yeah, it's like the other side of the coin is like having that mm-hmm. volume and that power definitely makes you feel more comfortable or me feel more comfortable on stage. But it's, like, a big transition for me that I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. So, like, how to project my voice properly has been one of my biggest struggles because I was just so used to, like, almost, like, whispering into a microphone. And now you're having to sing over a band and over a bar. And, like, yeah, I'm trying to get a lot better at it, and I think it's just going to take practice and vocal work. Do you work with a vocal coach? Not yet. I'm hoping to, um, just to like learn how to properly do it Yeah. Right? because you can strain yourself so oh, easily. Yeah. Well, wasn't it Eleanor talking about notes? Or I think Ange and Eleanor both talked about, um, being right. on vocal rest right. and yeah, yeah. nodes and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a huge problem. And like, I don't know if it's more of an issue for women, but like, I definitely find like I don't have a deep booming voice so I do have to try and like push myself to give it my all we like turn the microphone up as loud as we possibly (laughs) can yeah but it's something I really want to do is like properly learn how to project and just like any art I guess you eventually have to like actually take classes and learn from people. <laughs> Can't just learn it on YouTube. <laughs> University YouTube. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's getting pretty close where you might not have to. Yeah. Right. It's just you can so do online cool. classes like it's crazy. Yeah. What's you, that like masterclass series that 
uh, is being released all the time with like really high level yeah. professionals. Oh, right. Right. I literally yeah. saw a preview for the one with Anna Wintour and I felt like I learned. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> And then it was like, and back to late night show with Seth Meyers. So I was like, oh, okay, this is not what I'm watching. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> but it, listen, she was very honest in that preview, and I respect I actually mm. thought about buying her master class. <laughs> wow. Yeah, see, like, you never know. There's so much to learn out there. I just, I like... I went to university, I like got my degree, I did all that, and so now I'm like, ugh, I just like, I know that I need to put time into my practice, but it's only been recently too that I haven't been working a desk job. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's the other side of the story is that this entire time I've been a musician, I've also been a visual artist, but I've also been working constantly all the time in like corporate jobs. Mm-hmm. So it's been this doing visual art in corporate jobs, trying, yeah. trying. Um, so I went to university for visual arts, uh, but that was mostly like art history. So I wasn't actually in the studio every day. It wasn't like OCAD where mm-hmm. I was like painting and like, I was learning a lot of history and there was some practice here and there, but I was just always doing my own thing outside of university, trying to like keep my own visual art world going and like getting involved in things in the community. And so after I finished university, I immediately started working a full-time job in Toronto. And that was, uh, yeah, it was just like a huge change. I had been living in Niagara and then I moved here. I was, I felt like small town girl in the big city. (laughs) Um, and yeah, work just kind of took over because it was just so like, I needed to give that commitment to it. Yeah. And you have to, like Toronto's an expensive city. You have to. You have to work. You have to, there's like not really that many other options. Nobody has like one job. No, no, no. And like, it just, it feels like it keeps getting more and more too. Like they just, you need more work and you need more resources and yeah that was not to say that it wasn't like that in Niagara I was still working jobs there and I was always up to something but here I was like okay I'm not paying for my at one point in Niagara I had a bachelor apartment I was paying $400 a month for and I like lived there alone and yeah I had like a little space for my art studio like an easel set up oh it was great and then I moved here. I'm like, okay, that is not the case. No. <laughs> That's like a quarter of if a you're bedroom. doing well for like a one bedroom. Yeah. 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 So I was like, I just got to hit the pavement running and work my ass off. And so, yeah, I worked for two years at um, the University of Toronto, uh, working in the art gallery there. I didn't even know they had an art gallery there until I pretty much got the job. I didn't know that until you said it right now. Yeah, you should definitely check it out. It's in um, universe. There's two. So are you familiar with U of T campus? Uh, Well, there's there's two galleries and they're like, um, they used to be separate, but then they merged into one. Um, But they actually have like some really substantial visual artists showing there. And so I got to like work with a lot of cool people. I was just like, 
totally drained after doing that for two years because what do you what was your position there like what was the what was um, the work yeah so it was technically communications work okay um but I was doing a lot of graphic design for them so I was getting to be creative for sure um but they just like are so busy that the workload was pretty big mm. and uh it started as an internship position so you know it wasn't like amazing pay <laughs> yeah. uh but I was just like so invested in it and you never really knew what was going to happen each day like our my job was so flexible like not flexible but it could just change like I would have those tasks that I would do all the time like the graphic design I was doing a lot of like website design too mm -hmm. working on their website all the time a lot of computer based work like, makes me think someone in that department was like, let's just hire a young intern and they'll do all of our internet things. All the, oh, yeah. all the things we don't know how to do. No internet. <laughs> yeah. And then like Amy Schumer's train wreck when she, they like bring in the intern and like people have like oh. a boner for like kids with doing technology. So that'll be like what you do the whole time. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, that's every internship. It's gotta be that. Yeah. It's totally that. They're like, you're social media whiz now. Like, keep us hip. Oh keep us cool. Gosh. <laughs> the kids saying now. <laughs> yeah, and it was like totally a pleasure to work there. But yeah, I, I ended up leaving there and then working for another company that was, and I was doing pretty much the exact same job. Um, and I realized after spending so many time, so much time with people in the music scene and like really feeling this void that I wasn't doing anything creatively like with visual art, I was like, okay, I'm going to try something where I just do that and see how it goes. And so that was recently too. Um, I guess it was at the beginning of August that I like quit well, not quit, but finished my my jobs at my corporate work uh, life. <laughs> um, and so I have totally forgot to mention, too, that on top of all of this, like, music community business that I've been doing in Toronto, um, I've been able to use my visual art skills a lot here, too, in the form of, like, working with musicians and making their posters and making mm -hmm. their album art and making merchandise for them. Cool. So you've kind of like moved into this like more freelance. Yes. Rather than having it nine to five. Exactly. Yeah. I full, like I dove into the freelance pool and, uh, I've been wanting to do it for a really long time, but it's just, you know, it's so scary because there's no security Yeah, and month to month so far is like always a gamble of am I going to get work? Am I not going to get work? Am I going to yeah. like have to end up selling one of my guitars to pay the rent? <laughs> it hasn't come to that point. Um, that was literally your ultimate nightmare it looked like. It, yeah, it's like always a fear in the back of my mind. I'm like, I know this is like my safe safety net if I absolutely have to, but yeah, and just kind of, like, married the two things that I love doing, which is, like, playing music and making art. 
So I was like, okay, I think I can do this and start this as a real freelance job. And it wove into my life as a musician and just being in that community because I like always go out to shows and try and introduce myself to people. Mm-hmm. And so I just started saying, oh, and I'm also doing posters for bands and I'm offering design work for bands. And yeah, I just started getting work rolling in. Um, That was also after like, while working those corporate jobs, I was trying to do all of that on the side. Were you finding time to like practice your music or do your own thing or sleep or? Yeah. Those were the insomnia years (laughs) for sure. Like, because I just had such a hunger to keep being creative, but yeah had to work this job so it's like okay you do nine to five then try and like get some groceries after work go home make dinner write a song okay make a poster for a band okay it's like two in the morning now uh try and get some sleep and like do it all over again but you had a coffee at seven so you're probably not gonna sleep you're not gonna sleep (laughs) you'll be up all night like trying to think of things and like there's this you know, like grant funding and all of that side of being an artist and a freelance worker that I have never really been able to like put my energy into. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, I wanted to make that leap to dedicate time to it. And yeah. so, yeah, it's, it's been hugely different in the past few months. Um, I still feel like I don't have enough time to do mm-hmm all the things I want to, but it's like, you just make that leap and yeah, you have to just go full force. Mm -hmm. I think. How was like the lead up to making that decision? Did you (laughs) do a pros and cons list? Did you, (laughs) (laughs) what was, did you have like high highs and low lows? What was your, um, what was like the straw that broke the camel's back? I guess. Hmm. I think it was probably like just seeing other people doing it and like being inspired by a lot of younger people in my friend group, like just trying to go full force. In particular, um, that musician, Mike T. Kerr, I had mm-hmm. mentioned before, who is now like one of my closest collaborators musically. And also, like, my best poster client, too. I've, like, made everything for him for the past year. Um, he was just saying, like, yeah, I used to work a corporate job, too, and do 9 to 5. But then I decided, like, I went to school for music, and I want to be a musician. So I just went for it. And after hearing that, I was like, okay, I feel like I'm one of these people that, like, can live this life, like... I do all of this art. I do all of this. Some people can't. That's the thing, right? It's like, it's like some people really can't do it. Right. And like, not. Or have no desire to. Right. Or want the stability in the, like, the regular life that's nine to five. And, the, and want the things, which I don't judge you for. Right. You want the things and you just are like, I work this time. I don't have to think about my job. Right. Outside of that. Yeah. I buy the Louis Vuitton. Like <laughs> <how> I... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that's definitely the difference. It's not like, do you, well, it is, do you have the resources to do it? But for me, it was like, I have the drive to do it. And Mm -hmm. I just have such a desire to do it. Right. Um, And felt like, yeah, this life was made for me. I should be an artist. I should be a musician. It should be possible. 
but yeah, I think it was like being around people that were doing that, that totally inspired me because also too, like a lot of this music world is late night worlds. And so it just was not jiving with my <laughs> nine to five schedule. Like bands are playing till two in the morning and like, yeah. and they hang out after and you hang out after. Yeah. And I found that that was like, you know, it sounds like fun. Like I'm going out late, but it was like a whole part of the networking and mm-hmm. going back to that, like me trying to wrangle that band to be my band. <laughs> it was like constantly going and showing my support for musicians too and my support for artists in the community that when I started doing it I like got it back and it really I just felt like oh that Mm -hmm. just came full circle and it feels like it paid off and we're supporting each other in this Mm -hmm. scene um but yeah do you ever find networking exhausting uh yeah, yeah, it can definitely be exhausting, um, especially because you have, like have to do it properly. <laughs> and I'm like at the point now where I'm like, I need to get some business cards. I need to like <laughs> really need to make this official. <laughs> but I'm like, are people gonna take me seriously? Like at the bar, being like, here's my business card. Like, I don't. Yeah, are business cards still a thing? Is that still a way to network? See, I don't know. I really don't know. Like, people have given me their card, and I don't really... I, like, have held on to it for a couple weeks, and then, like, in the end, just gotten in touch with them through the internet or, like, some way that I would have gotten them anyways, like, gotten them to talk to me. So, I don't know. (laughs) We'll see. I think think it's worth a shot. (laughs) Maybe. But it's definitely, like, it's hard, too, because you're in... In this style of networking, you're in a bar most of the time. Right. And so, so what is appropriate for that setting? Yeah. yeah. What's yeah. appropriate? And like, are you like shouting over a band to somebody? Right. Are you trying to like tell them about your music or tell them about your art? Have you had too, too many drinks? And, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I may have been a little strong last night. <laughs> exactly. Corinne, you seem to be talking from upstairs. <laughs> Giving everybody your phone number. <laughs> Showing everybody your films on your phone. <laughs> that is literally... You've never seen somebody in a vulnerable state until you've seen somebody who's been cornered by a person and they're forcing them to watch something on like a telephone at a crowded bar and they're just like, mm-hmm, and they keep trying to like break away from it. Like, I'll watch it later. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that totally happened to me recently too with someone's photography. They were like, oh. check out my photography and yeah, just pulled out their phone and was like, and that's like, you know, I think that is one way to kind of share your work with people. But definitely there's times where it's like, People just don't want to don't go through that yeah. right. while they're at the show or at the bar, especially if they've like paid for the show. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll get your Instagram later. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, was- also like very few people can drop the fact that they've been drinking like whiskey since two o'clock in the afternoon and be like, and now I'm a business lady. <laughs> like I'm not drunk anymore. I'm going to tell you. My thoughts, my goals, my dreams for everything. <laughs> and it's going to sound, it's going to be very clear and it's going to sound completely normal. No, that's fucking not happening. Your stories are all over the place. Yeah. You look like a crazy person. Yeah. And you are probably too close to their face. Like, 
<laughs> There's no personal boundaries anymore. No, no not at all. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's so ridiculous. So yes, I'm getting business cards next week. <laughs> you're keeping it professional. That's what you're saying. Trying, trying. <laughs> yeah. And like now that I have the time to do it, it's definitely been like an experience to just learn my new routine and try and get used to this new workflow and like be strict with myself mm-hmm. because now there's not like a boss waiting for me at the job being like you're 10 minutes late and now I have to like be my own boss and be yeah 10 minutes late I'm 10 minutes late um (laughs) and so like it's it's tough too because I can like set a schedule for myself I'm like okay I'm gonna start work at like 10 every day and like first hour will be emails and then I'm gonna be like work on visual creative stuff and make posters all afternoon but then I like get an artist block and like have trouble thinking of something creative and I'm like staring at the computer like oh my gosh I have to get this done and so there's like there is this inevitable pressure Mm -hmm. that's like built into it um and like every time I finish a like I'll make a poster for a musician that I don't know, like someone who has emailed me because they've seen work that I've done. So I'll like make them the poster and then send it off to them. There's like this anxiety attached to that. Yeah. Cause I'm like, what if they hate it? Like, what if this is not what they wanted? And it's just like, I need to, I'm trying to get over that fear, but it's just built into this right way of working right now. Um, do you think it's because like when you do something naturally creative that there's always just like a part of you in whatever you put out so it's like you're showing off yourself Mm. in the work that you create and you're hoping that that person likes it and then in turn likes you totally well that's like a very general way to put it but yeah it feels like being back at those folk shows again (laughs) and just being like yeah this is something that I made like that has a piece of me in it or it's interesting too to like work with different styles of musicians or like I don't always just work with musicians I've been working with some other art organizations and theater companies um but because I do a lot of versatile work like sometimes I do a lot of illustration in the posters sometimes it's like based on a photo that they'll give me um it's kind of like I have to communicate with them about what they're looking for Mm. and what, if there's a particular style that they're interested in. And some people are really good at verbalizing that and some are not Mm. at all. But they're really good at verbalizing what they don't like. Yes. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And like, that's kind of my job as the artist now to like take what they say and interpret it. And not take it personally. And not take it personally. Yeah. Yeah. And like some clients are a dream to work with, but there's definitely like, there's been a few that it just requires so much extra work and Mm -hmm. hand holding with communicating with them. And so like right now I'm really trying to figure out like my price range and what I'm charging people for my time when I know that a lot of the people I work with like just don't have money up front and they don't really want to invest 
a good amount of money into like a show when they're not going to make a lot of money at that show. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why would I spend this amount of dollars on a poster if I'm only going to make $25 playing the show? Right. <laughs> Which happens all the time. Um, <clears throat> but it's like, I truly believe that good marketing and that good promotion of your shows and of like any sort of creative work, it just helps bring the audience in. And that's such a vital point of it or a vital part of it. Um, so yeah, that's like, I'm trying to figure out right now what to do with those people who like require so much extra work and like, can I really charge them extra for that? How do I Mm -hmm. explain to them why? Yeah. Right. It's like, I like one to two edits is this much money. Like another revision is this much money. Yeah. And and I don't know, like that just seems it would be so extensive to do that. Like, because some things require so much extra editing and Mm -hmm. changes or like, Oh, we got a last minute person added to the show or a last minute sponsor for this performance that we're doing. And like, Oh, can you just like add that quick? And like some people too, just don't, realize how much time the work actually takes they feel like never used photoshop before in their life exactly they're like oh you can just whip this up quick right like you <laughs> no. can just get this done tomorrow no. like uh no i can't and so there's like luckily i haven't dealt with many people like that but they're definitely out there hmm. yeah. you should just like use Google Drive, and for those people, just send them the Photoshop file and be like, here you go, figure it out. Yeah. Right. Also, right. Photoshop alone costs True. as much money. They, so yeah. totally. you can either pay like $1,000 for Photoshop, or and you can pay me $25 for my work. Like, right. I and watch countless YouTube, YouTube videos on how to just put a fucking logo on an image yeah. if you don't know how to do it. I saw a post just the other day from my friend who's like a freelance photographer mm-hmm. um and it was just like a list of all of the gear that she has acquired over years and years of work and like it's just thousands of dollars worth of equipment and like and hundreds of hours learning how to use that equipment properly yeah and like yeah. when you're working on events too it's like yeah you're you're having to get yourself out there you're dedicating the energy to right. it and like the time spent like being a musician, like rehearsing for those performances Mm -hmm. and then like promoting them, showing up early to do your sound check, then killing two hours because they don't open the doors until nine 30, then having to wait till the end of the night to get paid by the bar. And like, you get 50 bucks at the end of it after like just so much work. So yeah, it's definitely like, it takes, it definitely takes desire (laughs) to do that. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Oh. Speaking of Photoshop, struggling with it all morning. Yeah. Oh yeah? yeah. What are you trying to do? I'm trying to extend a backdrop that we had in a photo and like pull it out. Okay. So we have a color backdrop, and so I was like using the tool to like go around us. Okay. And then having a foreground and a background, and then pulling us out, fixing the background, and putting us back on it. Okay. Still watching a lot of YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he... University of YouTube. Like. Yeah. University of YouTube yeah. degree. And, and this person doing it on the YouTube is just, like, so fast. And I'm like, pause. Try to do the thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Play. 
okay, pause, do the thing. They don't really like allow time to like wow. process information, right? No. They're just like, keep going. Okay, great. Now that you've done that, now do this. Now You're this. Like, what do you mean what I've done? Yeah. <laughs> I like legitimately have dreams about Photoshop Ugh. where I like dream at night about separating layers in Photoshop and like editing text because I, I do it all day now that it just like weaves its way into my psychological <laughs> world. So there's been times where I've like woken up and been like, didn't I do that work? Like, <laughs> I thought I did it, but I was just doing it in my dreams. Oh my God. <laughs> That's why you need a journal by the bed. Yes. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or if I could actually like sleepwalk and get it done and not just dream about doing it. <laughs> Then at least I'd be productive. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Yeah, we have to ask you, um, is being an artist fucking killing you? Oh, it hasn't killed me just yet. <laughs> um, it's definitely giving me, like, anxieties that I, I probably wouldn't have if I had chosen, like, a different life if I'd stayed with that <laughs> nine to five job I'm sure I would still have all my anxieties then but like these are different anxieties um but yeah I think that I just like I can't not do it I just have so much passion to be an artist and constantly keep making things that if I didn't do it I think it would fucking kill me so yeah it's like I'm surviving, <laughs> barely. That's a good way. Thank to put you it. so much. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Actually, mm -hmm. mm. thanks, Brittany. Thank you for having me. This has been so great. Yay! Thank you everybody for listening. Um, if you don't go and follow Instagram handle Miss Brittany Brooks. <laughs> yes, and you can also go and follow us at Gal Powell Productions, at Gal Powell Prods. Go on Facebook, go on Instagram, go on Twitter. Um, we're available any place you listen to podcasts. So iTunes, Spotify, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, whatever that fucking thing's called. Uh, <laughs> um, go download it, um, subscribe, rate us, tell us what you think, and thank you for listening.